My name is Alejandra. People popularly know me as the Blur Bitch on Twitter or 666. So that's why nobody knows my real oh, okay. name. Okay. <laughs> Should I just like censor it on here? If you want to keep it like secret, just be like oh, yeah. a mystery. <laughs> Would that be so funny if you just bleeped it out? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm to totally going to just play it off and be like. My name is. This is the music editor at Rolling Stone magazine. This is William Miller. Yes, it is. I think you should be writing for us. Oh my God, that's, I didn't know that was your real name. That's such a great name and I'm glad that I know it. <laughs> and nobody else does. Yeah, and no, nobody else. <laughs> uh, so thank you for joining me today. Uh, we've been Twitter mutuals for, I don't even know how long. It, it, we just kind of started talking and hanging out on Twitter. I don't even know how it happened, but it's been a long time now. It's been maybe over a year. Yeah, and you, you're one of the, the the better people on the website. You're always a, a you always have good perspective on on film and life, and and uh, you're never obnoxious, which is also a good thing. It's a problem oh, wow. I have with myself. So you're not obnoxious, actually. You're one of the funnier and like more witty people that I follow. It's oh, great. Th thank you very much. I I have to disagree, but thank you. <laughs> um, and I asked you to come on the show because of all those reasons and more. And you brought a film that is very close to my heart. Uh, Cameron Crowe's Almost Famous. Yes, my favorite movie of all time. And I just wanted to ask, why is it your favorite movie? Before we start talking about the movie <sighs> as a whole. And I was going to ask why you brought it on, but that's kind of like, we, we know now it's your favorite movie. <laughs> um, well, it is my favorite movie of all time because it is a perfect amalgamation of everything that I love. I love rock and roll. I love music journalism. I love Philip Seymour Hoffman and I love film and I th and I love Cameron Crowe. <laughs> so it is just the perfect equation for me. And also I just find that there's like a lot of like heart in this movie and I think it really understands passionately, passionately being in love with music. And yeah, that's why it's my favorite movie. Those are good reasons. Uh, I have Thank some you. Cameron Crowe blind spots. Specifically okay. before this movie, uh, all of my experiences with Cameron Crowe are like after this movie. And I think uh, generally the reception to those films have been less positive. Um, I, I don't know if he caught Aloha. Oh, <laughs> yeah, he doesn't. And like the Elizabeth Town and just a lot of it's not good after Almost Famous. But before Almost Famous is all his good stuff which you okay, need to so, definitely watch Singles, okay. which is like an incredible movie as well. I, I intend to, and uh, but I, I like I like the director. He always, he wears his heart in his sleeve. Like, I think that's the big problem with his, his stuff after this. And I don't want to spend too much time on that because Almost Famous is a great movie. Because uh, for a while, I, I had forgotten that I actually saw this movie. I saw this movie when I was like, I don't know, maybe in eighth grade? I don't know. I was a oh, I was a wow. youngling, and um, I I saw it with my dad actually, and uh, and it was on TV. So I think maybe some stuff was censored out. But I remember just falling head over heels in love with it, like I hadn't for uh, a lot of movies at that time. Uh, when, do you remember <sighs> the first time you saw it? Yes, I do, and I am not gonna say like the whole full story because it's ridiculous. But short version, I went to Walmart, and they used to have these like double packs with two movies that would make a double feature. I don't know why 
Almost Famous was in a double pack with American Beauty, but oh it was. Oh my god. I know. <laughs> oh and no. And so that was my first that was the moment I fell in love with film. Period. Was when I got Almost Famous. I got American I got it for American Beauty actually because around that time it was like everybody's favorite movie in high school. <laughs> so I was like I need to watch it and then I saw Almost Famous and I was like, "Well, this is a way better movie." <laughs> Uh, I would, I'd also agree. I, I like this a lot more than American Beauty, mostly because I, I don't think I ever fell in love with American Beauty like a lot of other people. And now it, it, it sucks, but I feel vindicated a little bit. Maybe that's unfair <laughs> to say, but I was just like, I, I knew it, something was off. But uh, I don't know, maybe maybe that's too cruel to say, I don't know. Um, but Almost Famous. <laughs> uh, <laughs> You're like, I knew he was a creep. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, I can't, I can't say that. But all right, so the 2000 uh, coming of age comedy drama, it's semi-autobiographical. Uh, apparently mm-hmm. Cameron Crowe uh, wrote for the Rolling Stones as well when he was a teenager, which blows my mind because that's, that's just super impressive. Even nowadays, that's it might be harder to do that now. <laughs> Have you ever read any of Cameron Crowe's stuff? I haven't, actually. I highly suggest it. He is, well, first of all, not to toot my own horn or anything, but he follows me on Twitter. Oh, wow, wow. Okay, no, 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 go by all means. <laughs> so he followed me on Twitter and I fangirled so hard because it was like two days before my birthday. But anyway, yes, he's a great writer as well, which is clear based on the movies that he makes. So I highly suggest that if you've not read any of his stuff that you do, especially if you're into music, uh, and speaking of, of writing, you also do some of that around the film circles. Just really quick, tell the, the, the listeners a little bit about yourself, what you, you, your interests are in film, music, what where you like to write or what you like to write about. I write mainly at fthismovie.com. That's my writing home. I like to refer it as, to it as that. But um, I write about anything, really. I feel like I'm two sides of a coin because I'll write about horror and then I'll write about like Disney movies. <laughs> So, yeah, I write about many things. I podcast over at Talk Film Society about direct-to-video sequels. I just I just love film in general, even like I'm kind of notorious for having really terrible taste <laughs> in films. <laughs> so, but um yeah, and so music is I don't want to like have to pick between my two loves, but music was the first thing that I ever fell in love with. So that's why Almost Famous means so much to me. Okay, it's your first love. But just because it's your first love does not mean it's your best love. It could. And I want to go back to that later because I'm, I'm actually curious which to which one you prefer. Like if you had to choose, like someone's got a gun to your head. Oh, like, I already right. got my answer because I think about that all the time. <laughs> okay, well then go go ahead. Which one, which one I would choose? pick. I would pick music because I always have time for it. I don't always have time to sit down and like really focus and soak in a movie the way that I can do with music at any point doing anything. Yeah, that, that's that's a good answer. I'm I'm musically like illiterate. I have my stuff that I like and then other stuff that I just pick up for movies or whatever and I'm like, "Oh yeah, I like I like this now." And, <laughs> and so I'm just like it's it's no question for me. Uh, oh. I used to be a big Kanye guy. I love Kanye's old stuff and then he, you know, <laughs> Yeah, basically, yeah, it's, it's tragic, tragic. <laughs> After a life of Pablo, he died in that plane, that plane crash. So I know, so sad. So miss him. heartbreaking. Uh, we we wish Kanye's family well for for his loss. 
I wonder what he thought about Almost Famous. I, w- I wonder who he connected to because he, he was a pretty out there guy when he was alive and not dead. So, like, uh, Al- Almost Famous uh, is a story about a, a teenage journalist tagging along uh, a traveling band on a bunch of their shows across country. But it's also, in a way, about people who are kind of looking for a little more in their lives. They're kind of lost. And yes. uh, I, I just little things that I didn't you don't notice when you watch it when you're younger, like uh, the sister going off and be, um, what, what a stewardess, right? That's what. Yeah, she's a stewardess. <laughs> yeah, there we go. And people just just traveling all the time. No one really goes home until like the end of the movie. And then sometimes the home is with other people. Sometimes it's still searching for it, but knowing the direction they want to find and. I, it was it was really profound when I rewatched yes, it. Yes, yes. There's actually a line where they're on the bus and they're singing Tiny Dance to her and he goes, I have to go home. And Penny Lane is like, you are home. And I was like, oh my God, that's so deep and true. <laughs> because your home is with other people. It's not necessarily a place. And so that is one of my favorite parts of the themes involved in Almost Famous. But also, I upon or recently anyway i noticed that it also has a lot to say about who your heroes are and the disillusionment that comes with that sometimes when like when you meet them so i feel like that's kind of relevant these days especially you know since kanye died yeah heartbreaking (laughs) so yeah that's i don't know there's just so much to unpack upon revisiting the film that i think is worth talking about yeah, that that's a great point, especially because uh, not just Kanye's death, but I mean, so many other artists that uh, we we loved, like Kevin Spacey, actually getting shot in the back of the head, like he did in American Beauty. That's crazy. I know, you know? so crazy. Yeah, I mean, and... <laughs> I can't believe he died at that point. Just never ever made another movie again. Yeah, um, it's truly sad. But no, like to to, to be honest, <laughs> these artists are still alive. Some of them less fortunate than others, uh, but there there does come that point of in, in the real world having to accept that not everyone's perfect and sometimes people are genuinely terrible and thankfully none of the main characters in this movie are like genuinely terrible you know they, they all got they all got their own problems and and desires and flaws but you know not i don't think anybody has ill intentions except maybe jeff Beebe. Oh, but man. he's just he's just petty, you know. He's like a child that is needs to grow up. I don't think he's a bad person. Yeah, like everyone's a, can be a major dick to each other in this movie. Like, there's a sequence. I mean, in, in this discussion, we 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 openly talk about the movie because if you're watching this, it's presumed you watch the movie, and it's almost famous. It's like gonna be 20 years old next year. So if you haven't oh seen it already, God. that's on you. Um, but no, like in in the plane sequence when they think they're all gonna crash and die, you know that should be a moment where everyone's opening up and like apologizing, but they're yelling at each other and like saying these awful, awful things and they're blaming so each stubborn. other. Notice they're all men. That's yeah, which all I'm yeah. Say. <laughs> <laughs> so. No, no, I mean that's I I don't think that's even like unintentional on on Cameron Crowe's part to to, to, <laughs> to portray that like that level of stubbornness. In the face of their death and, you know, thinking with the wrong head. Yeah. (laughs) That's why it's also really interesting now that I'm thinking about group dynamic because, like, the Band-Aids, they're all so close and they all do everything together. So 
to see like the guys in the band constantly bickering and arguing and having friction that's an interesting contrast actually yeah i because I, I want to i haven't seen it in i hadn't seen it in so many years and when i finally revisited i was like oh yeah this movie's the shit and so i i want to go back and pick up even more now like stuff like that i didn't even like clock on my last viewing like maybe subconsciously I did, but I don't know. Exactly. I don't think it's going to be at the forefront of anything when you're watching and maybe I'm totally reaching, but I mean, I think that like softness is there when we are with the women. It's very soft. It's very nurturing. They're very nurturing. The guys are not like that. They are very self-interested. They're very, you know, greedy and just want the attention. Penny... I feel like she's kind of an exception because she does use him to get closer to Russell. But, you know, we do see her arc. And I feel like that justifies her shitty behavior. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's again, it's it's like an understandable kind of shitty. It doesn't, like, let them off, off, the, off the hook by any means. But give, given who these people are in their lives and, like, they're clearly, uh, they're all at, at kind of a crossroads in a way. And, and just trying to, like, traverse this weird terrain called life. And uh, I think Cameron Crowe, when, when he makes a movie, they're all kind of about this in a weird way. Like, he's one of those filmmakers that um, often repeats broad ideas. But it's not, it's not necessarily a bad thing. I'd argue it's become a bad thing. But he's he's very sincere, and I think he's very romantic. I think he's got a big old heart. Yes, and, yes. And uh, even even something like Aloha, which I, I really dislike. I don't like – I can't hate it because <laughs> it's just so soft and warm. But it's like, God, you're such a nerd. And obviously the whole whitewashing thing. <laughs> but Yeah, problematic, problematic. But, I mean, hopefully he's learned from his mistakes. However, I do agree with you on the heart front because – Man, if you have not seen Singles, you really need to watch it because there is so much love for the Seattle music scene, like grunge, in that film that it just makes you love the Seattle music scene, even if you have not been a part of it or like listened to the music that was a part of it for a long time. And I feel the same way about Almost Famous. I feel like it makes you fall in love with like the 70s rock and roll scene the way that he was. It's really amazing, actually. From Cameron Crowe, writer-director of Jerry Maguire. If you're going to be a true journalist, you cannot make friends with the rock stars. Just make us look cool. God, it's going to get ugly, man. They're going to buy you drinks. Don't take drugs! They're going to fly you places for free. It's Bowie! You're going to meet girls. We are not groupies. We don't have intercourse with these guys. Just blowjobs, and that's it. Amen. On the road with the band. Your mom called. Rock stars have kidnapped my son. Spirits run high. There's acid in the beer that's in the red cups. How do you know when it's kicked in? I am a golden god. Yeah, it has that effect on you. Like you want to go look up more bands from this era and be like, okay, what else did I miss? Like. What, what else can I get from this experience? Because he's one of those filmmakers whose rom- romantic interests um, in the film, less so than characters, although it's definitely there in the characters too, it uh, it really like kind of wraps you up in it. And so y- you end up being like like William and getting wrapped up in the band and like their exploits and stuff. And I have to give a shout out, now that I mentioned William, 
uh, to my friend Christian Rainwater because he looks just like William Miller, uh, oh, especially wow. in high school. Yeah, so we always called him Almost Famous. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, uh, he's off making. I don't know if I could say it's not like it's nothing like top secret or anything. I just don't know if he wants me saying his job on here. But I'm proud of him and I miss him. And I will see you at the reunion. It's so me. No, but uh, that was like, that was the greatest thing ever. And I think he was even William for Halloween one year. I don't, I I don't remember. That's amazing. I love that. Christian, if you were, if you were William for Halloween one year, please let me know. Also, if you really look like William Miller, call me. Yeah. (laughs) I I, tragically, I I think he is taken. Oh, darn it. Yeah. It's fine. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's okay. Uh, that's Pat- Patrick Fugit. I never learned how to pronounce his name. It's <laughs> Fugit. Fugit. I think it's Fugit. Okay. Uh, he's in Wrist Cutters, which is another good. He's actually really great. He, he's good in this, but I don't think I've seen him in anything else. Like, oh I, god, I, he's in something. Oh, he's in Gone Girl. Actually, he's the um one of the cops. Oh my god! It's oh the uh the, 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 the Kate Dickinson's like partner right yes yes oh, okay yep. oh yeah he rules um th- this cast is pretty stacked for back then uh billy crudup francis mcdormand kate hudson jason lee zoe Deschanel, uh new girl herself anna paquin <laughs> noah I taylor i love anna paquin so much anna paquin is a treasure the youngest actress to ever win an oscar i am forever proud of her and i, I wish she was in more things because I-, I haven't seen her in a while and of course uh PSH, the great late Philip Seymour Hoffman, who My we miss every day. My most actor ever. I love him. Miss him so much. And he knocks it out of the park here as Lester Bangs. Um, he actually plays like a similar role in Pirate Radio. I don't know if you've ever seen it. No, I remember watching like commercials for it on television. It was coming out like 2007 or whatever, right? Yeah, it's and, and I was like, I want to see that. And then over 10 years later, and I still haven't seen it. Well, I personally love both films. Again, because it's very musically oriented, but he plays the same character. I mean, exactly the same. And it makes me feel like that's just how he is or was. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> but um, it makes me miss him so much more. But his scenes are the best in this film. I think I could say that pretty, pretty confidently. Actually, no, I can't. But <laughs> they're pretty great. The scene where he's at home and he's having the conversation with William about being uncool. It really gets to me. Yeah, okay. And I like the discussions about that too. Like, even when he's like perceived as cool to himself by that point, William, that is, it's like, it, it's not, it's still a facade, you know, like the bands are trying to put exactly. on a face. And when, when they let their guard down and all they can do is kind of like lash out at each other, you know, that's going to, that's going to bite them in the ass. And only once every character is finally like fully open in a healthy manner about how they feel and like, the direction of their lives that's when everything kind of it ends on a on a, on a much more positive note and yeah. a very a very heartwarming note it's a very heartwarming movie uh, but i do have to say that when i first saw it because when when i was younger i didn't watch movies that had like kind of open endings like it, it doesn't really have an open ending but in terms of like a, a plot it kind of does and it especially felt that way to me when i was younger and i was like okay so what <laughs> That's it. Like I didn't, I didn't <laughs> get what the ending was about, and now, obviously now I'm like, oh, okay. They, they've, they've made amends by, by being open with one another. Exactly. It's, it's not a definitive like closing statement on their lives. Which, thank God, they didn't try to appease me. 
in eighth grade. What the fuck did I know? You know, but uh, oh, it's it's, it's such a gorgeous movie with, with gorgeous little characters, and I, I love them all dearly. Uh, and now I was just going back to thinking about Philip Seymour Hoffman. Every scene of his, I think there's a supercut of all of his scenes on yep. YouTube. You should you should all watch the entirety of Almost Famous. But if if you don't have the time for that, just watch all of his scenes on YouTube. And you'll fall in love with the movie as well. It's, oh, he was the best, man. So the movie is about a little bit over two hours, right? I feel like it's a little bit over two hours. But yeah, the director's cut there. is like three hours long and it's fucking amazing. I can't even watch the regular, like, theatrical cut anymore. Oh, wait, what? I didn't know there was a director's cut. Yes. Oh, my God. Cut. And it's long as hell, and it's perfect. And I, I hadn't watched it until recently. A friend of mine, he um, sent it to me for my birthday, and ever since I watched it, my life was totally rocked. Like I can't watch Almost Famous, the two-hour version anymore. Oh my god! Okay, well now I have to like track this down, and also happy birthday. But oh my god! So it's oh, like my birthday was last year in August. <laughs> but our... uh, well, I, I'm getting it in <laughs> early this year, so if I forget. All right, thanks. <laughs> um, so this is like Cameron Crowe's Lord of the Rings. Just like something that shouldn't work for three hours, but it kind of has yeah, to. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I oh Man, and it's like, every time I've shown a friend this movie, they're like, that was kind of like boring and stagnant. And I was like, what the shit are you talking about? This is the best thing I've ever seen. Like, what do you mean? Just because there's no like real climax besides the airplane almost crashing. <laughs> It doesn't mean that it's a bad movie. I think it has a lot. It's a very big. I would call it a character study, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even in terms of like, I guess the quote unquote plot, because it, it's one of those movies that's very freewheeling, free form. Uh, the William, like the main character, is is trying to study these characters in, in their lives for for uh, for an article. So I mean, yeah, that that totally fits. Uh, but it sounds. I mean, I'm sure your friends are wonderful people, but it sounds like you need new wonderful people in your life. Yes. If, if they're <laughs> treating almost famous with that kind of cavalier attitude. I mean, they just don't get it. They just don't get it. They're not passionate about music in a way where this film would mean something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, I don't know. Anyway, I'm better. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. You don't, you don't have to call them out or anything. I do want to talk about two scenes before we finish. Okay, yeah, yes, please, by all means. So... I'm going to start with the scene where Russell is on the roof and he is on his acid trip. And then he starts saying that he's a golden god. I think that is one of my favorite movie moments of all time. I would actually put it probably in like my top five. <laughs> it's I a great think, one. Yeah, I just think I've, I've never seen him act that way. Every time I've seen him, he's been playing something kind of more subdued, like Dr. Manhattan or something, but I've never really seen him, like, make a total ass out of himself that way, and I felt like it was super unfiltered, and I, you could tell he was having fun with that, and I really, really enjoyed that. And then, of course, the tiny dancer scene. I mean, I'll, 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 please, by all means, take it away, but, like, that scene is just pure euphoria. Like, I'll never forget the first time I saw that. Like, an, an emotion washed over me that I was unfamiliar with with most movies. And I was like, whoa, something's happening yes, to me. Yes, yes, I'm so glad you put it that way. Because that was literally the moment that the, the switch went, oop, I'm obsessed with film now. <laughs> like, I was, 
I felt something in that moment that seriously brought me to tears the first time I saw it because it has a lot to say about the unifying power of music, but also just the way that it was shot and like filmed, it felt so warm. And now every time I listen to Tiny Dancer, I feel overwhelmed with emotion. I can't even handle it. Sometimes I have to pull over. Just kidding, <laughs> but still. It's so good. Like, I don't even understand where the magic... I can't put my finger on where the magic really happens in that scene. Yeah, it, it, that's a perfect just, like, collection of, like, events and and staging and, and acting and framing. Like, it's it's a perfect movie scene. I That's that's definitely my favorite scene in the movie. And I, I want to I wanna just praise it till the day I die. Uh, but I also love the I Am a Golden God scene. And, yeah, let Billy Crudup be a weirdo once in a while because exactly he's he doesn't get that opportunity i think the last thing i saw him in was like alien covenant he just like dies <laughs> i mean i love that movie but you know he doesn't do a lot so change I mean, that universe exactly he looked like he put man russell's a good character he also has a really good arc that is of course inspired by a woman because men don't have normal arcs so, no <laughs> totally joking but I don't know. I don't you know. might be onto something. I might be onto something, but anyway, um, that's for my thesis paper eventually. Oh, okay. No, totally joking. But no, yeah, no, you, you know. said I have I have uh, <laughs> audio proof. Oh gosh. So now 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 you got to write it. Disclaimer: I love men. If you follow me on Twitter, you will know that. <laughs> Just saying, but um, for jokes purposes, and also seriously, like. No, but, like, real talk, she does inspire and influence his arc in this film. Because he doesn't even change, really, until the very last moment where she gives him his address instead of her own address. Yeah, that, that that's true. And uh, the, the fact that for his own, like, sense of, like, posterity and, like, uh, the quote-unquote look of the band that he would lie to Rolling Stone about the article mm -hmm. that Will sent, even though it was just a kid who like looked up to him, you know, and just wanted to like also just be close to him like as a friend, but also, you know, like just do his job that he would exactly. fuck over a kid. It is like spoke volumes about his character, but it also speaks volumes, you know, that he would turn around and acknowledge that, no, he lied. The kid did his job. And now they get to have to face to face to be truly open with one another. No holds barred. And that is such a beautiful, like, mark for uh i don't think just cameron crowe's career but like like male intimacy uh, romantic yes. and otherwise is so rare in movies you know like mm -hmm. i love my big beefy uh fucking commando as much as the next guy but you know, this is this is just so uncommon still which is kind of also this is kind of a sidetrack but your bio on twitter is about bad boys <laughs> and that's another movie that really does male intimacy really well ironically because it's michael bay but, yeah, like that, that movie is everything in <laughs> in the best and worst ways. <laughs> and I, I want to write a book on it one day. I, I have enough material, but that's thank, thank you for the, the shout out on that. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I think that the male intimacy aspect in this film is definitely he does that. Cameron Crowe does that pretty well, though. And I think he kind of explores that through the vessel of a band because he does the same thing in, in singles, I would argue. Which I still have to watch. And uh, I, I I think you said it best, though, that uh, the movie, in a way, is 
ultimately about like the unifying power of music and how it brings people together and it, it lets people express their best selves. Uh, and I don't know, I feel like you, I want to end this on a positive note, on a high note. <laughs> and I, I don't know anyone better to do so than you because it's your favorite movie. So are there any final thoughts you have about Almost Famous? Yeah, I just don't want to cry. Innocence runs wild. That's the flower, the kid. We need this story in four days. Your time has come. And there's more to write home about. Can I speak with William, please? Is this Marianne with the pot? Then the music. What do you love about music to begin with? Everything. I think Almost Famous is a perfect film through and through. And I'm saying this as someone who is completely unbiased because I fell in love with it the first minute I saw it before I even knew anything about, you know, who directed it or who these actors were or anything. So I think even if you don't totally love music or you're not passionate about it the way some people are, I think you could still appreciate how the relationships are built in this film and the arcs that they all have. And also uh, the costumes are amazing. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're they, they should have won awards. I don't know if they did, but they should have. But yeah, I think, you know, there's a every time you watch it, you're going to think of a different message it's trying to give you. And I think Cameron Crowe does that really well. And this movie means fucking everything to me. I could watch it every single day. And yeah, everybody should watch it. Thank you for joining me. Uh, it was a pleasure having you on for the first time. Thank uh, you. You're welcome back. Doors open always. Uh, where can the people find you online? Okay, so on Twitter, and let me say this slowly, it is sick, S-I-C-K, two underscores, and then six, six. So that's sick, underscore, underscore, six, six. And then they can find my writing on fthismovie.com and my podcasting on Talk Film Society. Again, thank you very much. And you can find me on twitter.com as well at D-E-G-G-O Waffles. Check out the rest of the Waffle Press. Let's talk all monsters. Uh, the retrospect is, I think we'll be starting the Batman one by the time this is out. I hope so. If not, Fun. then that's, that's coming up. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> and check out everything on, on the SoundCloud. YouTube, links down to everything we mentioned down below. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We have been professionally unprofessional. It's so easy to slip. It's so easy We're going to die. Something should happen. Maybe I never said this enough. I love all of you. I slept with Marta Dick. I did too. Me too. I'm gay! Don't you have any regular friends? Famous people are just more interesting. <laughs>